Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Just Fish Outdoors. I'm your host, Dale York, and I designed Just Fish Outdoors to focus on freshwater, lakes, and streams, and to provide information, tips, and techniques, along with how-to segments for catching everything from crappie to catfish. We will also provide tips on equipment, tackle, boating, and much, much more. All of this is aimed at helping you catch more fish and have fun doing it. So join us each week as we talk about my favorite subject, fishing. Today's segment, we're going to talk about probably one of the most important items that uh, any fisherman will deal with. You know, there's basically three pieces of equipment that are the most important, and that's your rod, your reel and your line and uh, one of the items that we're going to focus on today is uh, we're going to talk about fishing line you know you, you know you need to think about uh, this fishing line and, and how it impacts what you're fishing for what lures you're throwing uh, you know just a myriad of things you know selection of fishing line in my humble opinion is probably one of the most important of the three items we just discussed you know there's a vast array of selections um, you know there's specialty lines uh, that are designed for specific applications uh, you know our focus this morning will be on fishing lines and line selections uh, we take uh, the three most used types and uh, we'll discuss their advantages and disadvantages and I have in the studio today to help me to do this is uh, I brought back my brother Brian, and uh, we're both well versed in uh, uh, you know fishing many of these different types of fishing lines in a myriad of different applications. And uh, you know what we're going to talk about, like I said, we're going to talk about the three most often used, and that'll be monofilament fluorocarbon and braid and we're going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of each and uh, the first one we'll start off with is monofilament uh, you know the, the first thing that comes to mind in monofilament of the three that we just talked about this is probably the most inexpensive and it's probably the easiest to use as far as putting it on your reel and taking it off your reel uh, easy to tie a knot what else comes to mind on mono Brian? Well, you know, it, it it's it's the easiest to, manip- to uh, manipulate, and like you said, you know, it's definitely the most cost-effective for most, for the average angler. Uh, you know, holds knots well, goes on real well, uh, and can be bought in various sizes and colors to uh, suit uh, specific applications. Yeah, it's available in a wide range of different pound ratings and a wide range of colors. Uh, you know, some of its attributes is mm. uh, it, uh, you know, it, it has a tendency to, uh, to float. It's a little buoyant. Uh, it also uh, has a tendency to be high stretch. You know, that's another one of its attributes. Uh, uh, Of the three that we'll discuss today, uh, you know, one of its disadvantages is it does have the lowest abrasion resistance of the three we'll talk about today. 
under most situations. But as you pointed out, Brian, it's it's probably the go-to line in a lot of situations. You know, if you're fishing uh, open water situation where you don't need a high abrasion resistance, if you're not fishing in a lot of stumps, you're not fishing in a lot of grass, you know, there are some lures that it uh, actually performs on better. You know, if if you're fishing, uh, let's say you're fishing a, a, a top water or you're fishing a, a some kind of shallow running bait, uh, it performs real good. What other things come to mind, Brian? Well, you, you use monofilament, of course, for your top waters. And what most people don't realize is uh, as you fish with monofilament, it does absorb water. And uh, that what that is what allows the stretch factor, and therefore, is you know if you're fishing say twenty to thirty feet from from uh, you know from where you're at, uh, after that monofilament gets a little water in it, it acts like a shock absorber, almost like your rod. So that uh, you know if you do hook a good fish or whatever, uh, not only will that rod you know absorb some of the shock, but that's what that monofilament will do. It will stretch a little bit and absorb some of the shock from that fish. Oh yeah, well, you know we could do a whole show on on just rods easily. Oh yes, <laughs> you definitely. Know, uh, you know these three items we're talking about are what I call the triad, what I call the fishing rod, the fishing line, and the fishing reel. Uh, I mean they they put together and form the tool you know and you can uh, you know exchange mix or match these different items and they'll perform differently this depends on what you're doing what your specific specification is or, or what you're fishing for in around through whatever species cover water quality water clarity all these have an impact and uh, you know <laughs> in 30 minutes it's kind of hard to to cover all these yeah issues. It's, it's, it's very it's very <laughs> difficult to divulge in all of this because it just there's way more there than time will allow oh, oh, well most definitely you know and, and basically what we're going to try to do is hit some of the high spots but you know we're once again we're talking about monofilament you know and you know and we've talked about uh high stretch you know if, if you're let's say you're throwing a carolina rig or throwing a heavy lure and you're throwing this maximum length from the boat uh say you've got a six and a half seven seven and a half foot rod and you throw this thing i don't know 30 40 50 yards from the boat or whatever and, and you get a bite when you set the hook uh, there is a built-in delay between the time that you set the hook and that hook is actually going to move in that fish's mouth now some of this is an advantage some of it is a disadvantage for instance you know a lot of the pros uh, uh, a lot of the a lot of the guys that fish monofilament a lot like monofilament on a crankbait you know, there's there's that built-in delay to where you 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 don't have that uh, raw power to where you jerk those hooks out of those fish's mouth or you tear the hooks out of the fish's mouth. You know, if you're fishing monofilament along with a softer tip rod, like many of us are doing nowadays, so some kind of fiberglass composite rod on crankbaits, especially or fast-moving baits. Uh, you know, it's it's a good combination with monofilament because you have a little bit of shock absorption built into that. Not only the line because of its high stretch but also the rod so uh, you know you're using that combination of line and rod as a giant shock absorber to keep from tearing those hooks out of that fish's mouth what what else do you think brian well you know you, you see those guys on tv those pros on tv when they're carolina rig fishing and they'll set the hook on a fish and they will literally run from the front of the boat to the back of the boat those are guys fishing monofilament <laughs> that there's a reason folks why those guys do that they're trying to get all the stretch out of that line 
line and get buttoned up tight to that fish. It it ain't uh, it ain't for show or whatever. They're just trying to stay hooked up to it, whatever it is they got hold of. Yeah, and like I said, you know, there's there's some advantages. I, I mean, monofilament's not my choice when I'm fishing a Carolina rig or something like that, or, or I'm fishing a long way from the boat with a single hook, whether it be a jig, whether it be a Texas rig, whether it be a Carolina rig. If I'm fishing a single hook, monofilament's not necessarily my my line of choice, depending on what rig and some other circumstances. But uh, you know, right now we're focusing on monofilament, and uh, you know it does have some great advantages. You know, if you're crappie fishing in open water, if you're hybrid fishing, if you're striper fishing in open water, you know it's really going to be tough to beat monofilament in most applications. And you can select a color that is uh, low visibility to the fish, but at the same time, you know it's economically uh, viable to use. You can you can change your lines out uh, fairly regularly on your rod on your rod and reels, and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. No, and we folks, that's one thing we do recommend is change that line on that reel at a regular basis. Uh, that stuff doesn't stay good forever. Uh, Keep try to keep fresh line on your reels, and uh, you'll see a marked uh, improvement in performance of, of your tackle and the number of fish you catch. Yeah, and not only change it out, but I mean, you know, every, every reel has a spec that when that line gets so low on the spool, your your performance alters dramatically. I mean, your gear ratios change, your line coming in per inch changes, your distance on your cast changes. There's a lot of things that change when you start losing line on the reel and you get it below a certain <clears throat> certain level. So, uh, you know, uh, pay attention to that. Uh, you know, read your owner's manual or, or ask someone. Uh, there's there's some uh, some ways to uh, visibly see that, and, you, and you'll also feel the loss of performance. So, uh, once again, you know, that, that's monofilament. You know, it's, it's uh, probably used by more fishermen than any of the lines that we'll talk about today. Uh, it, it has a wide variety of, of applications. It's uh, budget friendly. <laughs> Definitely budget friendly. <laughs> and uh, you know you can uh, you can buy a lot of line for a little bit of money and and have lots of spare. Yeah, I want to touch on one thing. Uh, when when you guys go out there, you go to the sporting goods uh, dealer or whatever, and you buy a new rod. Uh, look down there on the base of that rod, and it'll have a line test rating. And as a general rule, that line test rating is for monofilament. Yeah, exactly, and and you really kind of want to stay within that. It'll have a range. It'll have a low end and a high end. You know, say uh, you know fourteen to seventeen pound line, or or fifteen to twenty, or whatever it says on there. Uh, you know, stay within that range, uh, and uh, you won't to wind up busting the rod in many cases. Yes, and uh, your equipment will perform better. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely true. One other thing, quickly to point out, uh, if you're purchasing monofilament line, the the number one contributor to loss of performance on monofilament line is ultraviolet ray sunlight so if you're buying multiple if you're buying monofilament line keep it in a dark place 
don't lay it out on the front deck or don't lay it out on the rock or don't lay it out on top of the doghouse or whatever. Yeah. You know, keep it in a shaded place because yeah. that will definitely, definitely, definitely impact the performance of that line. Okay, the the, the second type we're going to talk about is, is a fairly new line or, or or new chemistry that's only been out on the market a, a few years, and it's fluorocarbon. Uh, you know, fluorocarbons, uh, what you're going to see in, con- in contrast to monofilament is uh, you're going to see uh, it's more expensive. <laughs> you're going to notice that right up yeah, front. Yeah, you're going to notice that just as soon as you pick the box up. Uh, it does have a higher sensitivity level than what monofilament does in most applications. Uh, it has uh, a much higher abrasion resistance in most cases. Uh, it definitely has a lower stress than monofilament. What else comes to mind on fluorocarbon, Brian? Folks, this stuff sinks. Uh, monofilament will float or hang in a water column on you. Uh, fluorocarbon will sink on you, and it is a good choice for fishing, uh, fishing deep, fishing crankbaits, crankbait, jigs, worms. The stuff is fairly tough. Uh, it has a somewhat Oh, I'm going to say it's probably pretty compatible as far as memory go. Now, what I mean by memory is when you make a cast, especially with a spinning uh, reel, uh, that line will come off there and it looks kind of coily. It looks like an elongated spring, so to speak. We call that line memory. And uh, with monofilament, it goes out fairly quickly, and it goes out fairly quickly with fluorocarbon. Yeah, monofilament is really as soon as this starts getting wet, your memory goes away uh, for what for the length of line you're efficient with. Right. Uh, and, and this stuff will do the same thing. You know, what Brian was talking about, it sinks. Yeah, this stuff sinks like a rock, folks. If you're fishing a typical crankbait with the same diameter line and the same specific crankbait that you're fishing on these two different lines, monofilament and fluorocarbon, what you'll find on fluorocarbon typically is your crankbait may go a foot to three foot deeper fishing fluorocarbon than what it will fit than what it will run at fishing monofilament. And that's just because this fluorocarbon likes to sink. You know, it, it's it's much heavier than water and uh, it doesn't absorb water but it's much heavier than water and uh, you know it, it will sink like a rock one of the properties or probably uh, yeah probably one of the properties that has really brought this line to the forefront in recent years is it basically has the same reflective quality as water so when you're fishing clear fluorocarbon and you chunk that lure in the lake line to the fish's eye basically disappears yeah, yeah. It, I, I it mean, becomes, it has zero it be- visibility. Yeah, almost. it becomes invisible almost. And so that's one of the <clears> situations <throat> that you really, really, really want to keep in mind. Uh, for uh, for instance, for you guys who are fishing uh, maybe some of the lakes out of state, like your Bull Shoals, Table Rock, uh, some of you trout fishermen that are fishing some of these, uh, like in the White River chain or, or a Tenicomo chain or something like this. Folks, when you go over and start fishing for, for fishing these type of situations, especially where you have high sunlight, blue days this fluorocarbon will mean the difference between you catching fish and not catching fish definitely uh, I, I mean it is it can be that critical and it is that good so uh, you know you definitely want to keep that in consideration uh, when you're fishing for 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 instance if you're fishing for bass that are in a very high traffic lake where they receive a lot of pressure and it's during the day uh, once again this fluorocarbon can mean the difference between you getting bit and not getting bit uh, it is it is that good 
you know, uh, it's not a good all-around line in some cases like monofilament is. You know, it's more expensive. Uh, it, it's a little stiffer. Uh, it, it doesn't have the, the supple flexibility that monofilament has in most cases. It's just a little stiffer, so uh, you know. In some cases, uh, it's it's just not as good of an application. You know, it's not a good topwater application because it sinks. If you're running a spinnerbait and you're running it high, it's not a good application because it'll drag your your spinnerbait will actually run deeper. What else comes to mind, Brian? Well, you know, I'm the uh, I'm the catfish guru of the family, and. Uh, for all you guys out there that bank fish, fish a river or whatever, fluorocarbon is not a good choice for the simple reason that it does sink. Uh, you throw a bait out there in a hole or whatever, and if you're fishing with monofilament, that line will be at an angle to your rod tip. Uh, with fluorocarbon, the belly of that line will actually settle to the bottom of the lake or to the bottom of the river, and, I mean, it's nothing but hang-up city. So, uh, you know, it's it's not a good choice for that. However... This time of year especially, it is my line of choice when I am crappie fishing in a dock. Yeah, because that jig, especially if you're fishing lighter jigs, because that line does sink and stay down, uh, in some cases, you, depending on your rod again, I mean, this is kind of where you got to match your rod to your line and your conditions, uh, but uh, wouldn't you agree, Brian, that you can actually be a little more sensitive to a bite with fluorocarbon than you could with monofilament? Oh, yeah, uh, especially if you got a little wind blowing. Uh, a lot of times when you get a little wind blowing, you get uh, surface current that comes through the well of these crappie docks. And that uh, that fluorocarbon, it being heavier and denser, it will cut that surface current and keep that little bit of bow out of your line. Yeah, keep that belly out of it, and it'll keep you keep you in direct contact with that jig. And you know, a lot of times that'll make a difference between you knowing that fish is there and not knowing that fish is yeah, there. Yeah, they don't have to jerk that belly out of the line before you know you no. got a bite. So that, that's a very good point, especially <clears> as the water <throat> continues to get colder and we fish lighter and lighter and lighter jigs and deeper and deeper and deeper. So that that will yeah, <laughs> and deeper. And deeper. <laughs> that definitely plays an impact, folks. It, that pretty much takes care of fluorocarbon. You know, uh, it, it has some advantages over monofilament, but it has some disadvantages. And the third most uh, line that we'll talk about is the so-called super lines or the so or the braided lines. Of the three that we've discussed today or we'll discuss today, it is the most expensive, pretty much. There's basically zero stretch on this stuff. No, no. Uh, it, it is buoyant, so, you know, if you're fishing something deep and uh, fishing a Carolina rig, uh, it, it may not be the best choice. Uh, it's extremely visible to fish. Fish can see this a long ways away, <laughs> so yeah. that's something you always need to be careful of. Uh, it does have the greatest sensitivity and is the most sensitive of the of the three lines, of the other two lines we discussed. Uh, folks, I, I've been fishing braid since the 90s, since it's, it first hit the market in certain applications. For those of you who've listened to my show before, you know uh, me and a friend of mine, Randy Claiborne, of Lake Fork, Texas Spots app, we fish Lake Fork a lot, and uh, we night fish it. 
Uh, we have nothing but braided line on our rods. <laughs> we we don't even own any monofilament in a boat when we go down there. Yeah, so. when, you, when you go down there, it's literally manned bass combat, folks. Yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, gotta, it's down and it's dirty. You got to cinch up the belt and go play with the yeah, big boys down yeah. there, and, and you got to have the equipment and and the line to do it with, <clears> and and that is the weapon of choice, no doubt. You know, you can actually fish this stuff and get good enough, folks. I can tell when I'm crawling over a rock or i'm crawling over a piece of brush i can tell if it's a hard bottom or i can tell if it's a soft bottom uh that's how good you can get with this stuff with the right rod the right line the right number of hours fishing this stuff it's uh yeah it it, it can be a pain in the butt it you know there's a lot of there's a lot of pluses a lot of minuses of this line but in certain applications if you're going after big fish and heavy cover in in off water conditions or low light conditions this is the line of choice, no doubt about it. Oh, no, definitely no doubt about it. Uh, folks, you fish with this stuff, like he said, you know, you're fishing heavy cover, you're fishing low light or at night, uh, especially for you shallow water fishermen that like to flip and pitch in the springtime and that, and that off-colored water up in the back end of them pockets and stuff for those spawn and pre-spawn fish. Uh, as a general rule, this is the way it goes. You get by, you jerk, you hook the fish, the fish will come to the boat. <laughs> uh, there ain't no, uh, I mean, it's literally come here, I'll play with you after I get you in the boat. <laughs> you know, back back in the 90s, uh, I just, uh, I'll share a little story with you here. I first started fishing, uh, Berkeley first came out on the market with a line they called Ultramax. And this was back in the 90s. And uh, it was a, a copolymer line. It, it, it was one of the first super braids that come out. And uh, you know this stuff was to us fishing fork. I mean, it was it was better than sliced bread. I mean, we immediately started catching fish that were busting twenty and twenty five like yeah, it wasn't it, even there. It's like running around in a yeah. shock boat. And, and I, I was fishing one of our local lakes, and I, I don't remember which one. I think it was Hominy City Water Lake up there in Hominy. And I was actually pitching jigs behind the dock, over the dock, getting a bite, and actually jerking the fish over the dock. Yeah. <laughs> jerking two and three pound fish over the dock to the boat with this stuff uh you know it allows you to do some things that maybe you really shouldn't do yeah it, <laughs> but uh you, you you know you you'll you'll find yourself pitching a bait into places that before you would look at it and go uh-uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it uh you know about the only thing you're missing with this line is a big red s on your chest that's pretty much uh, it right you know, there but but you got to have the right rod too uh, this stuff can can really be rough on rods <laughs> if if you don't pay attention and and uh get a little too uh, robust with it so you know remember that as well you know that's where that three combination that triad I talk about. You know it's it's great to have all this power and have all this sensitivity and, and have all this brute force, but you got to have a rod that'll back it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, or uh, there's there's nothing like setting a hook and hearing fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little rough on rods if uh, if you're not careful. So you have to be a little mindful of that. You know you don't need the big powerful hook set with this line. Uh, you just need to be quick. There's a difference between quick and and power okay I, I, you know you you don't have to run from the front of the boat to the back end of the boat to set the hook on a fish with this stuff uh, you just have to be quick i mean a good snap of the wrist if you've got sharp hooks and you're done you set the hook right there yeah yeah you're i mean i don't i don't care if that fish is 
40, 50 feet away it, from yeah, you. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter a bit. Uh, any any closing things you'd like to say, Brian, on these three lines before we... Well, you know, we, we've we've touched on the three big ones. Uh, starting with Braid first, I would say probably the biggest, probably about the biggest enemy of Braid is rocks. Uh, folks, uh, I don't know what it is about rocks, but rocks and Braid do not get along. Yeah, it cuts it. It'll it, it literally eats it up. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, keep that in mind when, when you're uh, fishing this stuff. If you're fishing a, an impoundment or a river or whatever that's, uh, you know, rocks, sand, gravel type stuff, uh, stick with your monofilament or stick with your fluorocarbon. Uh, leave, leave the braid for the dense, heavy cover and uh, apply these lines where they, you know, work the best. And I think we've pretty well covered that and uh, you'll have success. Yeah, you know, it's it's once again, you know, it's like a guy in his tool chest. You know, if if you open that tool chest and pick the right tool, it can really make a difference in you know how many fish you put in the boat and, and how smoothly your day goes. Oh yeah. So uh, you know, these lines are designed for specific applications. They'll work in many applications. So uh, you know, think about that and uh, you know, give a little bit of forethought when you're getting ready to go fishing as to what uh, what circumstances you might encounter and and you'll be good uh, i want to touch on one thing folks uh for you crappie fishermen out there uh that you know like to get over a brush pile or whatever or get in a dock braid does well crappie fishing but i'm going to give you a little insight here do not do the traditional uh knit and pearl with this braid your hands get wet and this braid will i mean it'll slice your fingers in a heartbeat folks so, uh, you know, keep that in mind. And, you know, you bass fishermen out there, carry a dowel rod or something with you to break that line with when you get hung up. Yeah, folks, uh, like I said, you know, be be careful out there and, and use some of these tips. And uh, I think they'll help you catch more fish and put more fish in the boat. If you'd like to know more about Just Fish or anything we can do to help, just drop us a line. Just Fish Outdoors, JustFish.com. Folks, get out and enjoy one of the many lakes or streams we're blessed to have. Thanks for listening. Brian, thanks for coming on the show today. Contact us at JustFishOutdoors at JustFish.com or also catch us on our Facebook page, JustFishOutdoors. This is Dale York, JustFishOutdoors, saying we'll catch you later. <laughs>